Welcome to Full Stack Business Owner. Yep, not Asset Blocks Business Owner Edition, different name. But today, we're actually going to be talking about why we were forced to change our name. But before we get started, let's cue the disclaimer. Charlie here from Full Stack Business Owner. I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Full Stack Business Owner team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice or pick investment products. We highly encourage you seek out and engage the use of professionals when making financial decisions or comparing investment products. All right, Charlie, this episode is super important. To put it absolutely bluntly and simply, we just don't want to die and get well, get sued. Uh, it's no different to someone presenting you with a business idea or a business proposition that just doesn't feel right, no matter if it kind of edges on your moral compass, whether it might be you taking advantage of a situation or getting one over someone else, or even it might actually just be on the wrong side of the law. You just need to choose your darn battles wisely. And Charlie, we are here for the long term, and we're actually going to be walking everyone who's listening this through where we landed and why we got to where we got to. Now, I'm going to skip everything that we usually walk through in our intros and just jump straight in it. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right, before I start asking you, Charlie, I just want everyone who's listening to know this podcast will continue. It's just going to be under a new name, something slightly different. So Charlie, let's dissect before we dive into all of the details, let's just jump into what's the new name and a little bit of a dissection of it. Yeah, so I'm really excited about the new name, Grant. I almost think this would have been a better name initially. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say it. I do love asset blocks, don't get me wrong, but I feel like full stack business owner is a stronger name and really describes what we want for people, right? It's that they've got a business and they're probably potentially quite strong at business, but outside of it and around it, they don't have the full stack. They're kind of missing some components, uh, maybe even missing some components within their business as well that don't have them completing it. So I really like the idea of someone coming in and tuning in to a full stack business owner because they want to be full stack. They yeah. want to encompass the ideology that sits behind it. And it also means that we don't have to sort of sit there and tell everybody that it's like business owner edition. <laughs> it's just, it's like, oh, it's this concept of asset blocks and it's like, tailored for business owners. No, 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 the name now explicitly says it's full stack business owner. So it's all about this, this entirety of us business owners being the out, as we will talk about a little bit more in this episode, full stack. The complete so, package, right? <laughs> complete package in a box. No, I'll never say that again. All right. Outside of us thinking this is a better name and a better direction for people to really sort of relate to, let's peel the onion back. Let's start taking off some layers. What triggered this? Where did this all start? About two weeks ago, someone reached out to me, which um, thank you so much to this person. I won't name you just because I haven't asked. And they said, hey, have you seen the latest release uh, from ASIC, um, which is the body of in Australia, which actually regulates financial advice and they hold all the financial planners to accord. And if you have a uh, AFSL license, this is who you would report to and they kind of make sure that consumers in Australia are looked after. And ASIC had decided about two weeks ago that they were not happy with the state of the Finfluencer uh, world. 
Now, to be really specific right now, I think where they had some real concerns is there's some people on like TikTok or Instagram who are young and potentially don't have uh, any education experience or knowledge influencing people to make financial decisions and potentially setting them up for financial chaos. I think that potentially really does happen. There's also even some more experienced people and people who are educated who are just sharks and dodgy players. So uh, there are definitely... Like not everyone has great intentions in this world, unfortunately. And very specifically, there are people out there that are just looking to create scams and do horrible things. So I understand why ASIC wanted to make this change and why they wanted to, I suppose, regulate things in a better way to protect consumers. But unfortunately, with the changes they made, it put asset blocks into a bit of a gray area. We weren't black hat. We weren't recommending individual financial products or saying, hey, you should buy this or do this. I think our key message has been, you know, we highly encourage you do research, learn from our stories and experiences and take them to people who are qualified. Um, but at the same time, uh, this is one where I look at it and say, it certainly threw a spanner into the works for us. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting with all the studies that were coming out because you and I consumed hours and hours of reading, listening to other people, talking to people that we know in the space. And it was, just, it was really interesting the percentage of people that have indicated that they invest based off like podcasts or like TikTok or like uh, Instagram, et cetera, to the extent that I was, I was kind of taken aback. I was like, wow, that many people consume in one way or another information that is outside of sort of universities or you're like in news forums. And I, so to your point, I can completely understand why some kind of stamp needed to be done but i will say like australia is like the only country (laughs) that is doing this and i i don't want to sort of step on anyone's feet or anything like that it's this is why it kind of comes into this gray area of us going okay we can sort of see where this lands we can see where this plays out and we know that uh asics kind of come out and said yeah we just have to put this blanket rule on top and like it's just no from like immediately no and we talked about, well, maybe we see where this plays out. Maybe it might be a bit softer as they start seeing, okay, well, is this acceptable? Is this not acceptable? Some precedents being set in court cases or otherwise. And we just said, no, like this is an opportunity that we are just not going to second question. We're not going to guess like this is a do not pass go, do not collect $200 situation. No flat line. How do we go about actually align to what regulation has outlined? Yeah, so let's dig a little bit deeper into the specifics on this because I want to make it really clear. Like the key message from what we've been doing here, Grant, is that you know we're sharing our own experiences and opinions on things, um, and then we're suggesting to our audience that you know, hey, learn from what we have done. Like be educated. This is intended to be education. We're even happy to tell you the uh, resources we've used, the providers we've used for you to go and do your due diligence. It's not a blanket recommendation. Um, So I want to make that really, really clear. The people we have recommended or had on the show do actually have licenses as well. And I would encourage everyone out there to make sure that if you are engaging a financial professional, uh, you should absolutely check they have an AFSL and compare them to other ones as well, right? Make sure you know what you're getting into. As business owners, I like to think we do our due diligence. We've probably been screwed over enough in business. (laughs) We go, hey, right, I get it, right? You don't just hire the first person that puts in an application. You might I don't know, reviewed a few different job applications, do a few trials. Uh, anyway, I'm going to be even more specific. So in Australia, financial products is not something I am going to give recommendations on or even opinions on. 
The only way they would get brought up on this show or brand is if we have someone on who is a professional and can speak into them. So we will bring on some professionals down the road who can talk into it. Now, specifically, financial products, and I have written a list here, or I should say that uh, you have Grant, um, is shares, bonds, insurance, and superannuation are the big ones. So we will not be giving our opinions or discussing things or recommending individual products or buys or sells or anything like that on this show from here. Yeah. And even the dissection, like us talking about what we have done before or how we have played around in in super or insurance or otherwise, again, we might bring on guests who will uh, sort of specialize or have uh, the Australian Financial Services License or the AFSL um, will actually come on and talk about this. But these are sort of points that we're not going to discuss, not going to walk through. Again, um, ASIC is the governing body on all of this. Uh, and we just want to we want to play through. This is a long game. It's, we're not here to play short games or sort of do anything like that. We're here for the long term. So again, that list was, it was uh, superannuation, insurance, shares and bonds. Was that list as well? There are more on the website. If you go to ASIC, you can see, uh, again, we're making sure we abide. We don't want to get anyone into any financial trouble. But Grant does bring up an interesting topic here is like, I was thinking about this. Like you can be in business and have a great business or an idea and like the environment can change. 100%. And the one that I think about is like the internet, right? I think a lot of business owners, uh, if you went back to maybe like the early 2000s, is, you know, they were sitting there and maybe they had a retail store and the opportunity to go online was there. And they had to really make a decision of like, well, am I going to stay stuck in my ways or am I going to pivot? Am I going to continue to open physical stores and try and work that way? Or is there new and better opportunity? And I feel like that's what's just kind of happened to asset blocks in a way, noting that we're continuing with the show. But what's your thoughts on that? Like, have you ever encountered something similar yourself? Yeah, I... (laughs) <laughs> See, I always stepped into the online world. So like when I first started businesses, it was online. And actually, that was my competitive advantage because there were so many brick and mortars that were just resisting the change. They'd seen like the dot-com bubble burst. And that was as I was sort of coming out of university. And so I, I was very fortunate that I was coming out the other side going, yep, cool. I think I know where this thing's going into the future. And so I actually helped a lot of those organizations transition to be online. But to your point, I came up with quite a few of them that were set in their ways. Like they're just like, nope, nope, nope. I don't want to try something new. I don't want to listen to my customers, which we're going to talk about in just one second. And it's this this is not the change that I'm for. Uh, so for me personally, I've always been that catalyst of changing that internet example of people going, cool, I actually want to come online and I do want to change my business and I want to adapt with the times, um, mainly because this is the only way I'm going to survive. This is the the path of where most people are going to be. This is where my customers want me to be. So I will not resist the change and I will go with that to actually unlock a greater audience for me. Yeah, Do, do you know, I, I find this fascinating is the idea that can you name me any business, and I, there probably are some, but I can think of some that have definitely not done well in this circumstance. When change happens, right, like the internet comes along or electricity comes along or whatever it was, do you not see that the ones that are resistant get wiped out, like Kodak, Blockbuster, like the yellow pages? The list goes on. The list was, goes on. Yeah, and it's and I always, I always look at, like, would they say the one thing that's constant is change? Right, and, or, or the only thing that we know is true is like taxes and change or something like that. And it's, it's forever we're going to need to evolve. We're always going to need to change. 
But things adapt, especially in business, right? Like, and you've been in business uh, as long as I have. How many changes have happened? Well, it was only a couple of decades ago when GST was in- introduced. <laughs> well, now everybody has to change, all right? So before you didn't have to put 10% on top of everything, but no, now you have to do it. And so what happens is there's some resistance and then people go, okay, well, this is the new norm. I need to do this in order to be better at it. Or people would go, no, this is too complicated. I just don't want to change. Using offshore labor. Is it offshore labor? When I first started in agency uh, world many, many moons ago, it was like almost unheard of to hire an assistant from overseas. And um, it was interesting, those who got on board, myself included, the labor arbitrage on that actually was our competitive advantage. The people that were all localized in Australia, which has a very high cost of staff, ended up getting eaten alive by the competition because their cost basis was just so much higher. Yeah. Uh, The other one I'll put onto that was uh, online communication. Like you've got Zoom now, but I remember when I lived in the Philippines for like six, seven years, and this was a decade ago, (laughs) you know how slow those internet connections were and trying to do that on Skype. Painful. (laughs) I remember I had to get an Australian phone number redirected to a Skype account just so I could answer phone calls overseas. And that was, it took me ages to set this thing up because all of my clients just wanted a landline number to call in order to get in contact with me. And I was just, and that was, the, that was the world we were living in. And now everybody has adapted to Zoom. It's like, oh, do you want to jump on a Zoom? Do you want to have coffee over a Zoom? Do you want to have wine over a Zoom? Like I've had dinners over Zoom before. Just we, we've done that. We've actually done <laughs> exactly. that. We've done dinners <laughs> over Zoom. Um, and that is, to your point, industries change. Things change. You need to adapt with it. But it's actually a great segue into one of the key points that I do want to make, which is you need to listen to what your customers and audience actually wants, right? Because it's one thing just making a change because you're seeing an industry or an economy or the environment around you changing. It's a completely different thing to change as well because it's what your customers are wanting. And I know, Charlie, you've spoken to quite a few of our listeners uh, who are quite good friends of ours um, who have actually come to you with some questions that we're not going to be directly responded to within asset blocks. Do you want to tell us a little bit more? Yeah. So first off, I I love uh, hearing from our audience. So if you want to send me a Facebook message or email us or whatever it is, or uh, leave a comment wherever you're doing this, like I thoroughly enjoy hearing from you and the feedback we get from this show. Um, The response is like every day someone is messaging me saying, hey, I really enjoyed this episode or they love the podcast. So big, big thanks to the audience. Like we made this for you. Like it lights me up to know that is the intent. But um when we uh, when I'm having these conversations and talking with people, one of the things that kept coming up was that, hey, I, I love the idea of getting better with my money, getting better with finance and like, you know, building something outside of my business. But my business isn't in a place yet where I can actually do that. Yeah. Like I'm I don't have a great business to be able to do the things you guys are doing. Like and then often asking me, well, what should I do? How did you guys do it? Like what what all went into your business being full stack? Uh, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great name. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the big changes we're making with the brand and podcast is we're actually going to start talking about business uh, topics as well. We want to introduce some business-related episodes so that people can see the success in their business to enable them to do more things outside of that business. Yeah, I know. It was interesting. I have 
to your point as well, it's actually rekindled some old relationships that I've had of people that I haven't spoken to in a couple of years. And as a matter of fact, like two days ago, uh, a gentleman that I haven't spoken to in about three years, four years that we both know, yeah, sent me a Facebook message. His last Facebook message between us was quite a while ago. And it's like, I'm, I love this. You have now challenged me on my thoughts around my own business, my own money, et cetera. And I was just like, this is great. <laughs> this is This is exactly what this was set out to do. Uh, and on the flip side, a lot of people have been pinging me saying, well, how can I optimize my business to turn into what yourself and Charlie are talking about? Like the outcome is there. How do, what, how do I use the business as a better mechanism to kind of achieve that outcome? And these conversations kind of lit that light bulb or that spark of going, hmm, if that's the blocker that everybody's having or a lot of people are having in order to unlock this other component in their personal life, Maybe we need to lean in on that because maybe that is the the bigger problem that people have right now. Well, it's not a maybe; it's a definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain on this. Uh, so the observation we've both had with many people we've spoken to, and something I've seen for many many years, is like often I'll I'll meet a business owner and like in an example they might be like really really strong at marketing and sales, or they're really really strong at product. Right? They've got a fantastic product, and uh, we met someone not too long ago who was like. I, I would say probably the best product person I've ever seen. Ditto. Um, yeah, but severely lacked business owner skills. Couldn't uh, read financials. Couldn't apply resources or plan or do sequencing. Didn't have things in place where they were running a business efficiently. Like it was just bloated as hell. And uh, I'm looking at it and I'm going, you don't see the problem I see here because you don't have a full stack of business owner skills you're actually missing some very key components that if you just got a little tweak up over here, like you would get an exponential result, but you're just trying to solve this problem in your sphere. So I'll, I'll just elaborate on that. Like if you talk to a marketing and sales guy and then like that's their 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 skill set, that's what they've got in the stack. Well, everything just turns into, well, I'll just make more sales. Correct. I mean, it doesn't matter that my margins are terrible or my product's crappy or I get a like lot of refunds. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Um, or the product guy's like, no, no, I'll just make my product better and people will rave about it. I mean, doesn't matter. We don't have a USP. I don't know how to get my messaging. Um, I can't read my financials. We don't have any good uh, project manager, but that's fine. The product's getting better. And I'm like, there, there is a gap here, a huge gap. And then this turns into, I think, a whole heap of problems and challenges that stop business owners from ever getting to the place where they can do some of the really cool stuff that you and I have been able to get up to, whether it's investing or buying property or ridiculous cars, which uh, we'll talk about that money pit in another episode. <laughs> which I, I thoroughly enjoyed that car, by the way. Oh, it's so there. good. It fulfills my soul, Grant. It's um, It really does. It's happiness on four wheels. <laughs> That is the great. Yeah, they should have, totally should have put that as the tagline for the brand. It's just the happiness of forwards. But the thing that fascinates me a lot with it you know, is it's counterintuitive. How many times have people said to you in your experience, do what you love and the money will follow? Oh, I love marketing. So I'll just do that and I'll ignore everything else. But also, you need to specialize on one thing personally and then build a business around that. Grand, but if you specialize like a surgeon, right, that's the key, right? You look at how much specialists get. I mean, it doesn't matter that specialists also have to be able to run a good business <laughs> in that specialty to do well. But if you know, if you were just a really good heart surgeon, you've made it. Yeah, it was a, it's funny. A friend of mine from a high school uh, affair, 
family were like GPs and the mum actually got my friend and the daughter to do the books and the bass statements and stuff for them. I'm like, exactly as good as an accountant. That's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, to, to that point, like specializing. Hmm. As a business owner, when you're looking across your personal life, yeah, business life, et cetera, do you reckon just knowing Facebook ads and being able to offer people or have good marketing, do you reckon that's just going to give you all the wins that you need? Here is the challenge I see. I think initially it does. I think if you are starting from scratch, if you get really good at either like marketing and sales or product, or like, you know, you pick an area and you get really good at it, that's the thing that gets you off the ground. That's the thing. Yeah. And I think it's easy to logically connect and go, do you know what? If you look at, you know, those surgeons, or if you look at, you know, those people that have specialized in a certain type of sport, well, they're really successful. So I think it's easy to convince ourselves that, you know, specialization is the way. You should just be a master in one area. However, all the most successful business owners I know have very wide varieties of skills. They're not strong in one thing. Maybe they're strongest in one thing, but they've really developed a full set of skills, whether it's uh, including hiring and training team, developing leaders, reading financials, management, like there's a, a whole plethora of skill sets that go into them achieving a higher level of success. I even know someone, um, very, very good sales guy. Won't say his name, but you should absolutely be able to t- know who I'm talking about right now. Guess what he's studying at the moment? <laughs> the MBA. <laughs> Accounting. Accounting, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, so I, and I go, okay, well, and this guy is uh, very successful. I very much respect this business owner. He's been able to do some phenomenal things. And when you hear things like that, you go, oh, wow. So it's like the story or narrative that's being sold is specialized or get good at something, which again, yep. I agree for starting. But when you look under the hood of the people that are doing big stuff, they have very strong skill sets outside of their core. And yeah, so when you put it in the context of as a stepping stone to get started, I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree. But then it gets to this point of, what is it? Ignorance is not a strategy or like negligence is not a strategy. Like just not looking at books or your finances and just not looking at like the delivery side is not a us, someone else will do it. That's, that's not a, a way you, to You run. never managed your business by your bank account. You're just like, <laughs> you look, oh, there's money in the bank. We're doing good. <laughs> well, but it's also, I always look at it, which is like, if you're being blindsided, right? Like if you, if you don't, you just don't know what you don't know, right? And I always use the example of if you're not a car guy, and you try and say, well, why do you think a car propels forwards? Like, how do you think an engine works? People's responses are just, I have no idea, right? Because you're blindsided. You just have zero understanding of what that does. And so from a finance perspective, they're like, what do you mean? I, I see money coming in and I see money going out. Like, well, there's a mechanism that sits in there that has all of these other things that happen. Oh, I hire people. What? There's, there's a whole heap of mechanisms around people that I need to understand, know, and all these things. And if you've never had someone talk to you about it, you just be blindsided by it, right? Because that's why as a full stack business owner, being across the entire business is so important. Now, you articulated very well. You can have specialized and what this is what I call T skills and H skills, where you have deep knowledge on one thing, but you have some skills across the rest. That's, that's great, but you just need that full stack understanding of going, ah, oh, I can have an intellectual conversation to challenge my accountant. I can have an intellectual conversation to challenge my sales team. I can do all of these things as opposed to me just blindly saying, 
Okay. No worries at all. What you say is gospel. That was actually a big one for me now that I think of it. Like I uh, started an agency, was strong in marketing and sales. Still am, I like to believe anyway. Um, But, you know, the thing that was interesting is accounting skills were the thing that helped me the most after that skill set. That was a huge block for me. And once I had developed that skill in more depth and something I still pursue to this day, I think it's a great skill to have, that unlocked huge amounts of success for me. Huge. Yeah. Problem solving and analytics for data was one of mine because it was so applicable to so many different areas as well. And and we'll dive into all of these types of topics. Having a good dashboard, right? Actually having good data to work with so you can run a business well. Another huge one there. But again, I won't go in too deep here. We've hopefully uh, encompassed what we want for people in being a full stack business owner here. So as we've spoken, I think it's pretty obvious to everyone who's listening how we came up with the concept of a full stack because it's exactly what you need to do as a business owner in both your business and your personal life. You just need to be full stack across it all, right? You need to be a full stack business owner in order to understand it. So like why this name has stuck and how we came up with it is probably pretty logical. But Charlie, you might be asking yourself, who is this for? Do you want to uh, walk through who's this for? Business owners? Ah, there <laughs> There's no change. It is the exact same audience. Like it's, it's no change at all. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm only sort of teasing on that one. Like what should people expect? Well, I would they- say if you've enjoyed the content to this point and you've been with the show, stay tuned. This is only going to get more helpful and more useful for you. Yes, yeah. it's a bit of a pivot, but I think it's potentially going to help you in a much bigger way. I am going to let you, I'm going to dangle this carrot in front of your face and I want to see how how much you run towards this carrot. So it's very open open-ended question. Like, is there any secrets or anything that we want to open up to the listeners now that might be coming down the pipeline that they might be interested in? You know, some days where you're really like bored and you might be in a room, right? So you're like, you're bored and you're in a room and, and maybe you were used to being alone in that room and then suddenly there might be other people in the room which you could be bored in a room together. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You may not be I, bored then. If I merge those two words together, what, what does that create? <laughs> it's got to be the worst, worst hint ever. <laughs> could <be> the- <laughs> Interesting, is it? So outside of the podcast, what Charlie is hinting at is that we are going to be doing some more things. Like there are this this tweak in a name is more than just a tweak in a name. It's not just moving from what was asset blocks to now being full stack business owner. There is a lot more that we're going to assist business owners with as they progress through their journey. And we've actually already tried this out and had wild success to a story that Charlie was sort of walking through just before. Like this is, it's been validated and this is exactly the path that we're going. Yeah, a listener reached out and uh, requested uh, a boardroom day with Grant and I and saying, hey, look, can you come and have a look through my business and, and give us your take on it? I had an absolute blast. It was really good fun. Not only that, the person who we did this with got a lot of value out of it. So it's something that I think will be coming more and more. So if you are one of the listeners and you say, hey, I would love to do a boardroom day with you guys, come in, break apart all my business and give me your perspective and views on it. I think that would be a whole heap of fun. So do reach out or leave a comment because we'd love any feedback on that for down the road. But I, I think that's about the, this one, Grant. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I 
I'm going to just let everyone know. So what's going to happen with all of the old asset blocks, sort of mediums and social media stuff, it's just all going to be rebranded across into full stack business owner. So instead of being assetblocks.com.au, it is now going to be fullstackbusinessowner.com. Uh, so whatever you've subscribed to, you don't need a change. We will do all the changes on our side. But before we do wrap it up, Charlie, I'm going to ask you one question. How do you feel about the change? Like, Just describe to me how you're feeling about it. I'm excited to be honest. I was I must admit when we started this brand, I intentionally left business out because I felt like, well, there's all these other business stuff out there. But when I did the research, no one was covering the business stuff from the point of view we're suggesting in this show. So yeah. I think it will be hugely helpful for people. We're obviously both strong in business. It's something we do uh, every day. And I'm thrilled to be able to share more on these topics to help people. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And it's something that it was like when we started talking about this and we spoke about a bit, bit about the trigger and then a little bit about the, the reason as to why we're leaning into this so heavy. Like Every morning, every night, every day, I reckon I, you and I just keep pinging each other about, oh my gosh, this is going to be incredible ideas, topics, et cetera. So I, I am so pumped up for it. So if you are listening to this and you are super, I actually go and push the button. I was going to say, do I get to put the button? I feel like this. Let's go. <laughs> the, the video editor sitting there, I didn't even need to put that in. <laughs> uh, so if you're listening to this and you're like, damn, I want to be on a part of this journey. I want to hear what these guys are getting up to and how they're helping business owners become full stack, as we're calling it. Um, be sure to subscribe to this or even share it to somebody else who you're like, you need to come on this journey with me, like maybe a business partner or someone else who's in business with you. And I just want to say thank you for joining us again, uh, but also welcome to the Full Stack Business Owner podcast as well. So see you on the next episode.